there are many conceptions of god depending on the level at which we stand we conceive god also accordingly the crudest of course are god is a stern judge who is busy observing our faults punishments rewarding us for the good deeds etc etc then there is another conception which is very close god is a super ceo who governs everything based on his likes and dislikes those whom he likes he uplifts them those whom he doesn't like he takes away snatches away like a super dictator who is engaged in a puppet play and shubhendra so many times reveals to us that this is not a puppet play in a puppet play there is no real joy it's only a shadow joy this is a real play then of course there are conceptions which in which we see one side or the other of the divine for instance that god is an impersonal universal reality or particularly those who are scientifically oriented god is some supreme power who is everywhere in everything or he is simply knowledge which is transcendent cannot be uttered by speech and so on and so forth but the highest experience of god that we read last time it's a very powerful bold statement which the mother made that neither sacrifice nor renunciation nor abandonment but delight can win the victory it's a very very powerful statement we have something similar in one of the upanishads in fact the upanishads speak of god as delight the kat upanishad for instance takes the divine from one level to another from the outer to the inner that which is the mind of our mind the sense of our sense the life of our life then lifts us still further and that power that supreme being from whom all has emerged and then it takes us to the very nature of this supreme being and says tadvanam vana means delight shubhendra says that it the last word of ken upanishad is that verily he is delight and gives us a path and says very beautifully that when we have that delight then no evil can touch we read last time the same thing it is not a crucified but a glorified body that can cure the world and when mother comments on that she speaks about delight it's only when delight has its free play because then who will turn to the play of ignorance with the will to possess to seek joy happiness somehow somewhere by any which means once there is this taste of delight there is no question of propensity towards evil or turning towards evil that spontaneously drops away but a question still arises then there are other upanishads also for instance taitriya upanishad it starts with what is that highest reality what is that self starts by saying it is annam brahmeti it is matter is the self then goes to the next level pranam brahmeti energy self energy is the self life energy then goes to the third level that thought that is the self then goes to yet another level knowledge that is the self but then goes further and at the end declares anandam brahmeti it is ananda which is the self and stops there and we see constantly even in the ishupanishad the ultimate aspiration is felicity in works 
and this is a very simple sign very often when people speak about how to make an offering are we offering to the divine or not one very simple sign is there will be a joy when a work is done with offering there will be love and there will be joy if these two are missing something is wrong <laughs> if we are complaining all the while and saying oh i am doing mother's work then something is amiss which we are not able to really see but the sign that we are really making an offering to the divine in our works is there will be a natural felicity that's the divine wages just as we have wages given by uh, all kinds of people and people sometimes say bhagwan ki seva karke kya mila when we serve the divine the wage is instantaneous he doesn't even wait for monthly and you know <laughs> it's and the increment is also very interesting the instantaneous wage is delight and the increment is increase of delight delight first felt within then delight in the members delight in the world delight in our contacts delight in everything and the mother speaks about that this is the way he lifts us step by step so when she says not renunciation not abandonment not sacrifice this is of course a very qualified statement it's not something external it's not like we go to tirupati and sacrifice our hairs always we have something extra it's a perfect example of what sacrifice is not so i think this is one of the places when you have an extra something you sacrifice and then again it grows so there is really no sacrifice and nowadays anyways having less hair is a good hair style so nobody minds you know sacrificing a little extra to have a good hair style so this sacrifice has no meaning at all uh, in fact it brings no result this external sacrifice we have very interesting story of dilip kumar roy and it's a very illustrative story how the divine works so he says very frankly that i had many defects of my nature countless my lower vital was incorrigible but then he says one defect to say the least was that i had a great hankering for fish this is in shurbindo came to me so he says that you know i just couldn't control it and when he came to the ashram people told him don't worry 3 months you will stay here then you will get used to the dining room food and nothing else will be required he says but first time when i went out i realized they were all under a spell of illusion because as soon as i went out i had the hankering for fish and then he kept on he would swing between this kind of a one month austerity and then hankering for fish and so much so that at one point he wrote to shurbindo i think i should practice prayopavasana prayopavasana is a jain method of fasting and it is believed that if you fast all your sins and you know all that will get propensities will get washed away so he says i wanted to try prayopavasana this is a famous letter of shurbindo that he says this prayopavasana and fasting etc have nothing to do with our yoga i mean they okay one can lose weight that's a different story but it should not be connected to yoga then in fact he gives many reasons that it only makes the vital sometimes uh, you know people draw energy from the vital and they think they are doing something great that i can do without eating but it's not good because the vital begins to eat upon the body and apart from you know making it weaker but the vital itself can become more strong obstinate the defects can also become glaring so it's not a good way it has many sides to it so eventually he doesn't know what to do he says after 8 9 years he went to a um, raja's place he you know he was from a very illustrious noble family so he moved in the company of rajas so the raja obviously then the fish impulse came out in the open and he says i kept on eating fish morning afternoon night for days then one day he felt very terrible my god this is too much so he couldn't sleep because he was thinking i am really doing nothing i am deceiving myself 
he would write to sherbindo earlier that are you sure i am fit for yoga and sherbindo will say i know better than you you have to believe that i am myself and the mother are at least more wise than you are <laughs> so you have to trust us then that night he says i tossed and turned finally he couldn't sleep he got up lit an agarbatti before sherbindo and wept he says what is this i can't even get over fish forget about supramental and big things so that night he saw sherbindo come in his dream and sherbindo said from tomorrow you will be free of your craving for fish now from next day this craving left him left him for good and then he describes something very interesting the experience is very interesting that later on once in a while he would take fish but he never felt the craving for it he would feel okay let me take it if he was offered if he would travel he would take it but he would not feel that craving that craving so real renunciation is not external dilip kumar roy tried several times but something inward which is like a craving in the nature the law of craving which comes from the lower vital is the sign that goes away and that goes eventually as an act of grace now the question arises why couldn't shivinder do this earlier why he had to take so long and play with the disciple one answer is that's how the play is but a more appropriate answer would be that well our consciousness has to be prepared there has to be a choice made in utter freedom then only there is a play if he just does by his omnipotence and omniscience then it won't be a real play so a sadhak once wrote to shirbindo and asked him i believe that the mother is capable of completely transforming us and establishing a supramental life here on earth the moment she wants it but if she does it it would not be a true supramental creation but it will be just the same creation which is above which has been established on earth and he wanted shubindu's comment shubindu writes in one line that is a very important truth very often people say why doesn't mother do it she can do it but these are the conditions of the play there is a joy in that and it has been created he acts he allows this freedom so that the evolution also takes place in this freedom but renunciation sacrifice and abandonment which is external where we diminish impoverish life that is not the way of at least the road of transformation which shubindu shows us it is an inner in fact shubindu describes at great length what true sacrifice is he says the meaning has been distorted by meaning leaving something externally true sacrifice he says we have to go back to the original meaning and the original meaning is purification so when you put something in the fire whatever can be purified is purified whatever has to be destroyed gets destroyed whatever can be uplifted is uplifted so it's a constant refinement and purification rather than a destruction annulment a forced repression what is called as nigraha that is not the path not not uh, renunciation not abandonment not sacrifice but delight and delight is a far greater difficulty and it is the crown of existence so we have i thought i'll read something from this is a continuation of talk on delight which he gave and it's very beautiful there is an aphorism of shirbindo god created god cannot cease from leaning down towards nature nor man from aspiring towards the godhead it is the eternal relation of the finite to the finite infinite when they seem to run from each other 
it is to recoil for a more intimate meeting so even when it seems that one is turning away from the divine it is to get back with a greater force because there is no other possibility but to go towards him this is the original vedanta and you know we we find it in the upanishads and also in the vedas possession in oneness and not loss in oneness is the secret so this path of abandonment is eventually loss in oneness to leave everything and eventually merge in that that is not the secret secret is to possess the divine in oneness consciously not loss god and man world and beyond world become one when they know each other then division their division is the cause of ignorance as ignorance is the cause of suffering it's we our mind that creates a division and distinction god is out there sitting there man is here worm is there this is what is ignorance but if we take it that the delight is everywhere it is the stuff of life stuff of creation then it changes the perspective of course we don't get delight just by thinking about it it's a path which we shall read later maybe next time now the mother comments very beautifully according to what shurbindo says here the reality of the universe is what is called god or godhead but essentially it is delight it's a direct one could see straight the kain upanishad tadvanam exactly the same what it uses this reality which we call as god is essentially delight that it's really its nature the universe is created in delight and for delight but this delight can exist only in the perfect oneness of the creation with its creator that's why the yoga it's not for annulment but for fulfilling that delight within ourselves this is the great difference in savitri there is a very beautiful line when ashapati goes to that point where he can plunge himself into the unknown and annihilate so there is a very beautiful line here to fulfill himself was god's desire not annulment but fulfillment fulfillment by the divine in life and creation and it is because of division because the possessor no longer possesses and because the possessed no longer possesses the possessor division is created and the essential delight is changed into ignorance and this very simple it's logical therefore we want things actually we have them but we don't know we have them so because we live in a state of division we think things are separate so we want them the moment we want them then we suffer from pleasure and pain pleasure when we get it and pain when we are afraid of losing it not only losing it but actually the moment we possess it there is a fear of losing it but in the process we lose the delight very simple you know these things apply at very practical level so for depression one of the things recommended is to go and do window shopping you know it's very interesting this conception of window shopping <laughs> window shopping is just walk into nehru street don't shop preferably don't carry your purse just go to the shop see the nice beautiful things say ah this vase is so beautiful ah this dress is so nice ah this shop like lovely very nice and you come back and the depression is uplifted but if by mistake you carry the purse in the pocket then either you or the person who is providing the purse will be depressed <laughs> even if you have bought it 
then you know if somebody will not appreciate oh what did you get it you can get it for 250 rupees on the road side <laughs> you have spent 2000 and the person will there are always people who will who are waiting to put away your enthusiasm so you before you could say you know where i got it from i got it from this shop heavy do you know on nehru street that oh this where did you pick it up from in front of dining room there is a place where they sell this kind of t-shirt now you know your whole thing is gone because you have tried to possess it whereas if you just enjoy things for this own sake it the same thing like you know people want to offer flowers to the divine sometimes we can just enjoy it that flowers are already being offered to the divine there was a very nice place in ratlam they have, they don't want people to offer flowers now here also we have no offering of flowers but it's done sometimes very crudely somebody is coming inside with flower and there will be a man on the door like makar dhwaj don't do this and the fellow is shocked <laughs> this is a place of worship i can't carry flowers no 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 you can't take it so you know it's very shocking but in ratlam they have done it very beautifully so they have simply written in hindi kripya pushpon ko divya ki stuti karte rehne de please allow the flowers to offer their worship to the divine so you know you don't take it you know there is a way of doing it uh, one is a very crude way and the other is a beautiful way or a delightful way so here they don't offer at the same time you feel so refined it's it's the act of a refined consciousness but it can be done very brutally <laughs> so all those who have had the inner experience have had this experience that the moment one reestablishes the union with the divine source all suffering disappears so this is another sign the sign how far we are from god often people count it in this way what experiences you had that means you are closer to god we can do it the other way if we are suffering we are still far because <laughs> the moment we come in contact suffering vanishes whereas sometimes it can be even oh i had only this experience you had that experience so there is something wrong so we can always find a cause for suffering but if we are close to the divine the sign is that there is a causeless self existent delight to whatever level and in whatever degree but it comes but there has been a very persistent movement about which i spoke to you last week which put at the source of creation not the essential divine delight but desire this is another theory and it's post buddhism and many you know places in their variations either it's satanic or it's some darkness intruded of maya but in some way or the other god was overtaken by desire this delight of creation self manifestation self expression there is an entire line of seekers and sages who have considered it not as a delight but as a desire the whole line of buddhism is of this kind and this not only in india everywhere so we see even in uh, in the western context for instance they were the dionysians who believed really that delight is the source of all things and we should be seekers after delight but there were also those who were stern austere stoics who would even go to the extent of punishing their body lying on a bed of nails uh, even you know hitting yourself and you know literally bleeding on the cross these are not very healthy things so these are when we are crude that's how we see this conception amounts to an essential misunderstanding the methods recommended for self liberation are methods of development which can be very useful but this conception of a world that is essentially bad 
for it is the result of desire and from which one must escape at all cost and as quickly as possible has been the greatest and most serious distortion of all spiritual life in the history of mankind so the world is not essentially bad essentially it is the constant unfolding of the delight but the moment we think it is bad then we put away everything of the world and then all kinds of problems start from consciousness becoming more harsh sometimes cruel rude all kinds of things and yet as the mother says shubindu also says this that in the crude stage of development when we are more like an asuric uh, tendencies perhaps it's necessary to even externally renounce it's it's helpful at one stage but the more the consciousness becomes subtle and refined we don't have to indulge in external renunciation but in internal purification so at one stage it is necessary and this is how the mother saw the message of the buddha that in the beginning when mankind is still very crude it it's not ready for transformation buddha knew about transformation but mankind was if we look at that time i mean such wars it doesn't matter who was fighting gory wars for what and at the end of it is watching this movie bajirao at the end of the movie you know at the end of a war the person is happy happy over what you see the carnage spilling of blood so much you know darkest instincts but the person is happy that he has been victorious that he has won a war but mankind in its crudeness needs that that is the first training but as it becomes refined then it's not war but love that rules so this is the beauty uh, of evolution so mother says it might have been useful perhaps at a particular time for everything is useful in the world's history so when people were indulging in this kind of a crudeness it was very good to teach them sanyas renunciation moksha leave it this is not the goal so it was necessary at one stage of development but this utility has passed so in the new age the age of shirobindu and the mother this utility of this kind of an external abandonment annulling oneself in the divine that is lost something else is taking its place it is outworn and it is time for this conception to be superseded so this has the seal and stamp of the divine mother this is how the path was at one stage now she comes and opens a new path the path of delight so that is superseded that conception is superseded and for us to return to a more essential and higher truth to go back to the delight of existence the joy of union and manifestation of the divine so this is what the divine wants not annulment not finishing our uh, any um, false individuality has to go but the true individuality of the soul possessing the creation in oneness with the divine that has to be still there and then she says this new orientation i mean new in its terrestrial realization must replace all the former spiritual orientations and open the way to the new realization which will be a supramental realization so we see that happening already all the younger generation is sick of the baba ji's despite the parents forcing them trying to you know make them disciples etc etc but many children just don't like the moments they see a you know 
a particular dress code and particular same old story because this is a new aspiration and a new orientation that the divine has given to earth and as just about 60 years of the supramental advent as things grow further and further all these things will become obsolete and they will become obsolete from both ends not only that people will reject it the baba themselves can't practice it because you know you'll see babas with the cell phone and you know ipad and you can't help it you know that's how life is so if you really speak about abandonment then get rid of all these things but if you want to travel in business class all the way to us and you know carry a cell phone in the pocket then you are really not faithful to what you are professing and that's why the i think this start, process of breaking it started right from swami vivekananda she challenged this conception gave us a true meaning of sanyas and when he traveled so much you and cry in india that he is lost he is you know he is doing something bad you know shri ramakrishna had so much hope in him but look at this man he should have been in the monastery he is going all the way abroad staying with you know all kinds of people and there were rumors that he is also having meat and wine all kinds of things and he was traveling in whatever dress you know whatever is necessary there he was using that and there letters of swami vivekananda uh, to india from america where he reminds what has happened to you people where is that original upanishad which speaks about delight and ananda you have misunderstood enunciation so this is how we see that he had broken these norms and the mother is saying now this new orientation will start that is why i told you last week that only delight the true divine delight can bring about the victory for the victory otherwise yes one is free to follow the other path the mother and shubindo did not stop people from following the path of nirvana or moksha those who are inclined they are free to follow but that is not the supramental transformation envisaged by the divine or this path naturally she puts us on guard there must be no confusion about what this delight is and that is why from the beginning shurbindo puts us on our guard telling us that it is only when one has passed beyond enjoyings that one can enter into bliss so this is the other very interesting thing so when mother was asked about sacrifice and renunciation she says as long as you have to sacrifice and renounce it is no more sacrifice and renunciation it drops off like the fish craving of dilip kumar roy otherwise there is the struggle the painful struggle it's all right it's needed like a needed effort but it's not the real thing something which is held by force coercion it may be needed as a passage but it's not the real thing the real thing is when in the midst of it one is free and that takes time so one has to be very careful that we don't confuse it simply indulging in all kinds of things and says yes yes god is delight because that also happens there are movements where you know the guru say divine is ananda and then starts doing all kinds of foolish things in the name of ananda so makes it very clear that it's not that which is delight bliss is precisely that state which comes from the manifestation of this delight but it is quite the opposite of all that is usually called joy and pleasure and these must be completely given up in order to have the other then the disciple asks a very valid question why is god and nature all the time at play running from each other coming close to each other where does nature hide so mother says she hides in the inconscience and it's very nice nature hides in the inconscience so god comes into the inconscience 
and he plunges, finds nature there, and in the bargain there is change. So this is how the game goes on. Perhaps when one knows it is a game and plays it for fun, it is amusing. But when one doesn't know it is a game, it is not amusing. So if you know that it's a football game, at the end of it there is no big deal. Everybody gets the win, money and everybody is, <laughs> is a hero. Like you know that famous Alice in Wonderland when they are running. So they ask Dodo, who is the winner? He says, all have won the races and all will get prizes. <laughs> so everybody is the winner. If you know, see that way, then there is no problem. But imagine that poor football, which doesn't know that it's a game. It only feels the knocks, the shocks, the blows. Momentarily it is lifted in the air and thank God I am so nice. Next moment it is back with somebody's feet. So it can be very troubling if we don't know that this is a game and don't know the rules of the game. There are rules of the game which eventually, eventually these rules also change. It's like initially we used to play 5-day cricket. Now 5-day cricket is there. But then you know there was this 50-50 cricket, 1-day cricket, then 50-50, then T20 and the rules begin to change. Body line, many things you know have come up because there is an evolution. So everything evolves as mankind evolves. So there are certain rules necessary at one stage. But as mankind evolves, these rules begin to drop out. Fresh things come in its place and eventually time comes when we see, oh, actually there was no rule. It was just fun. But mind doesn't understand it. So mind brings in all these complexities. But to tell you my true feeling, I think it would be much better to change the game. When one is in that state, one can smile, understand and even be amused. But when one sees, when one is conscious of all those who, far from knowing that they are playing, take the game very seriously and find it rather unpleasant. So this is called karuna, divine compassion. She says, yes, I know it's a game and those who know it's a game, it's fun. But those who don't know it's a game, they suffer because they take it very seriously. And several times mother says, don't, you know, people who take life very seriously, they reduce it to a set of virtues and it becomes a source of suffering. Whereas eventually it's a constant unfolding, it's an evolution, it's a budding forth. So, you know, there is no place for despair. Well, I don't know, one would prefer it to change. That is a purely personal opinion. But for it, to be an amusing game, everybody should be able to play the game knowing the rules of the game. As long as one does not know the rules of the game, it is not pleasant. So at one level we have to know the rules of the game. What really is game about? So for instance in the Ishupanishad there is a wonderful rule of the game. How to find joy. So it gives a very simple rule. Isha vasya midam sarvam yat jagat yam jagat bhunjita It's a rule of the game. That if you want to play the game and have delight. Don't try to possess anything. Because nothing really belongs to you. It's an illusion. The moment you possess, next time you will be miserable. This is mine, becomes the source of all trouble. You know, so many parents old time, they used to suffer. Still they suffer. Why? My child doesn't follow the way I have lived, doesn't listen to me. Are he, the child has to have his own life. It's not mine. The role is over. The role is only to help the child to blossom and 
as and when needed as a guardian there is something to be provided but the child has to follow one's own way one's own path this is how life is but the moment we possess something there is pain there is struggle we love someone and we want the person to change according to our likes and dislikes and this becomes another source of pain after a while people say oh that person is not the right person this is nothing like a right person or a wrong person it's whether love is true or not true if it is true then everything will become beautiful and if it is not true then it will drop off so that's where she repeatedly reminds there are rules of the game which we need to say but we de- devise our own rules but there are rules of the cosmic game it is not pleasant so the solution you are given is but learn the rules of the game that is not within everybody's reach because we devise our own rule all this theory of karma reward and punishment we have devised our rules not understanding the real will of the creator i have the impression a very powerful impression that a practical joker came and spoiled the game and made it into something dramatic and this practical joker is obviously the cause of division and the ignorance which is the result of this division so when we take things too seriously this is the practical joker the inconscient so it it's very interesting the mother says that well it could could be an accident very um, difficult to receive it why did god create this so of course he knew essentially that there would be danger difficulty and everything but the experience that that part will undergo that experience is not there and yet he allowed it why he allowed it that also she will say i call it an accident or rather terrible accident but still you see it is especially terrible to the human consciousness so for the cosmic consciousness destruction of a whole nation civilization change of empires is nothing it's a moment gods for gods while they are eating food ages have passed so they don't feel the rub of it but for human beings who are on this side they feel the rub and pain of it so that's why god has to come down become human and experience it but when god comes as mother and he is not happy just experiencing it and showing the way he says i will change the rules of the game because who sets the rule it is the prakriti who has set the rules and divine plays by the rules and so many times we people ask shurbindo that why is it that uh, you know divine is omnipotent omniscient why can't he do it like that and shurbindo will say you do not know there are rules of the game several times he will speak of that otherwise people would just pray and become all right next moment but there are certain things rules of the game we can't just pray and be full of fear and doubt also look towards the doctor that maybe you know i am not doing just the right thing etc 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 it doesn't work like that and sometimes matter needs material help so that is also there these are rules and conditions of the game conditions set by the divine himself or the prakriti in its earlier phase of development but mother has come very interestingly to change the rules of the game and this one line shows the difference between an avatar and the masters the great masters teach us the rules of the game and how to navigate through it come this way that way turn left right there you will see uh you know a post office and turn from there left and you will see a red house 
or a blue house, a grey door, enter there and there is your home. This is what the masters teach us. But the avatars don't come for that. They come to change the rules of the game. All avatars actually. But the Divine Mother comes to completely, radically change it. If we see Rama, he was a rebel in his own time. Great rebel. Though people quote him for all kinds of, misquote him for all kinds of things. For him to kill a lady was a big thing. You can't kill Tadaka. And it's amazing that how people have, uh, the, the poet has created such characters. He was a great rebel to take Sita along with him to the forest. Not leave her to take care of the in-laws, etc., etc. He changed the rules of the game. As a king, he married only once. These are very interesting things. He set new yardsticks, new standards of life. He came to change the rules of the game. Next, Krishna came, he changed the rules of the game that Rama had set forward. He said, no, no, nothing doing. <laughs> that age is over, there is a new age. And when Shurabindu and the mother came, come, they change the rules of the game still further. So here we have the mother herself saying, I have come to change the rules of the game. And then she says, for the universal consciousness, it may only be quite a repairable accident. So in that state, the divine said, okay, there will be chaos, but eventually I have the last word. So it's repairable. But for the individual consciousness struggling in ignorance, it is something terrible. That's what she is trying to tell us. That in that state, the divine allowed it. And after all, when it has been set right, we shall even be able to recall it and say, Ah, it was given us something we wouldn't have had otherwise. At the end of, you know, when Savitri, she has uh, conquered or rather transformed death. And she is face to face with the divine hiding behind the mask of death. Shubhinda has a line in Savitri. He says, all suffering was its easy price to have that grand vision. Similarly, we see in Krishna poem, Shubhinda says, I have felt the hungry heart of the earth aspiring beyond heaven to Krishna's feet. For this one moment lived the ages past. The world now throbs fulfilled in me at last. So it is true that when you we reach that point, then we experience, oh, it was worth it. But before that, it is terrible. It's like, again, the game of hide and seek, which the divine started. That is why I believe, because of that, so many initiates and sages have been attracted to the solution of the void, of nirvana. For this is obviously a very radical way of escaping. And then she gives again what happened when this accident took place. I tell you it was neither foreseen nor willed. And this is precisely why when it happened, quite unexpectedly, immediately something else sprang forth from the source, which probably would not have manifested if this accident had not taken place. And that is the power of love. So the only plus point of this delight, we can't call it only because it's the sweetest thing upon earth and what manifested because of this accident was love pouring out from the source itself. That is the only reason, if reason at all one can give. Otherwise this should not have happened. So all theories that justify it are imperfect. In fact, this would amount to saying that when one plays 
one is much more divine than when one is serious now the mother gives us a simple mantra like play don't take things too seriously but it's not always good to say this yet she is saying us perhaps there is more divinity in the spontaneous play of children than in the erudition of the scholar or the asceticism of the saint and how she would play with everyone i mean ringa ringa roses is one of that she would play with the children instead of telling them keep quiet divine is there sleeping in quietude no she would play only once the mother told the children to be a little quiet that is when pavitra da was having that tremendous pain what would never reveal to anyone so the mother came and said see during afternoon it will be nice if you can you know reduce the volume because it would disturb him never for themselves with children the mother was most so happy and they would come rush to her famous story of kakeda when he fell he would he ran towards mother and his father is running behind him and he goes to mother shows her, her his wound and mother comes out no appointment needed no card nobody in between and the mother caresses puts balm cleans it gives lot of chocolates another story where you know uh, one lady i mean uh, i shouldn't name because you know it will be too obvious the person is still there but she is gone but she would be working in mother's room and a little child who was a kind of adopted child would be playing outside and one day mother asked what is he doing uh, why, why do you leave him outside no mother because i am cleaning the room he can't come inside why call him in so he went inside this is the child himself has told me now he is a grown up person and he said you know mother i would just play around nothing she would say at the end when i was going she called me and said i want to give you something so she gave him a uh, bag with some chocolates inside it lot of people will give very nice chocolates and perfumes to mother which she would pass on to many and then he was very happy as he was going mother called him back said wait listen first don't eat all of them in one day second don't eat it alone but share it with others and third bring back the bag tomorrow so i can give you more he says these three lessons have remained in my life don't do anything just alone solitary joy is no joy it must be shared imperfect is the joy not shared by all savitri it is a joy we know it even at a most human outer level there is a joy gets enhanced somehow by sharing so share it second is don't take an overdose of it and third is take care of things also she gave one more instruction don't throw the wrapper just anywhere so the cleanliness program of mr modi originated long back of course <laughs> it doesn't matter somebody has to become an instrument but she taught this child that's what i have always thought only it is a divinity which is quite unconscious of itself as for me i must confess to you you know we have human beings giving confessions to the divine but these are i like these beautiful sentences of mother because this is divine confessing to man so this is the divine's confession i confession means something which you hide you don't normally say so normally people would come and they would feel oh mother is very fond of big philosophies and you know scholarly debates and discussions if i can quote by memory the gita she would be very impressed but now she is making a con- confession 
So she says, I must confess to you, I feel much more essentially myself when I am joyful and when I play. So if you want the Divine Mother to be herself, we must bring that part out. Like Krishna in that story dream, that nobody plays with me. Everybody takes me seriously. But I like it that you play with me. Grave and serious. No. I am joyful and when I play in my own way, then when I am very grave and very serious, much more. Grave and serious, that always gives me the impression that I am dragging the weight of the creation so heavy and so obscure. Whereas when I play, when I play, when I can laugh, can enjoy myself, it gives me the feeling of a fine powder of delight falling from above and tinting this creation. The world with a very special color and bringing it much closer to what it should essentially be. At the end of it, she says, so let's agree, we must avoid people who are very serious. Instead, let us play. Okay, so we'll continue next week.